Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Uh, Hi, I'm Liza. Oh, and I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates. A podcast about a dating experiment and also just like love and stuff. (laughs) And we're joined today by a very special guest who we are choosing via the phone, internet, etc. And um, that guest is Alexi Wasser. She's the host of the Love Alexi podcast, which is available on iTunes. And you should listen to it because if you listen to this, you must listen to it. I've listened to it for so long and it's very, very real talk. Um, Yeah, and we're so psyched to have you. Hi, Alexi. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. Alexi's calling in from L.A., which is awesome, and we wish we were there with her. Um, We're, like, dreaming of it in this miserable, miserable place right now where it just won't stop snowing uh, and being miserable. And it's so crazy because I've been telling everybody I know that all I want to do is go to New York right now. I just want, like, a reason. Like, I want to be there for work and not just running around town spending money I don't have so <laughs> we gotta get me out there oh my god please come we will fully buy you bags brainstorm a show let's figure something out yeah um uh, yes oh my god love it it's funny because I feel like the New York like New York and LA people I feel like it's like there's a yin and yang thing where you know creative people are drawn to both cities and they're such different cities that like once you're in one for a while you're just so dying to be in the other Oh, yeah. It's, like, deep, deeply ironic. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Alexi, um, we like to ask all our guests to uh, tell us um, their worst first date. So if you have one that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear about it. Well, God, uh, I'm getting my – I mean, I should have done this before. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if headphones will make this better because I am, I am over the phone uh, doing this podcast, you guys. So bear with me if uh, – if I can't understand everything, but I actually, uh, I went on, all right. So I am on two dating apps. I, I used to hate dating apps. I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is not what I'm about. I'm an old soul. I love movies from the seventies. I'm a romantic. <laughs> no fun. Oh wait, are you allowed to curse on your podcast? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. I'm not doing an app, but then I got invited by the creators of this app called Raya to be on their app for free when they're like beta testing it. So I was like, all right. Uh, and Raya, for those of you who have not heard of it, it's, it's, uh, it's like Illuminati. I describe it as Illuminati Tinder or like the Soho house of Tinder. So <laughs> that's amazing. I, you know, I would like go on this thing and it's a bunch of DJs and a bunch of, you know, kind of, there are good people everywhere and there are good people on Raya. And if I was there, you know, I, I like myself. I'm sure they're nice people on the thing. But uh, so I dated on that for a bit. Then I got repulsed by that, and I got even weirder. I was like, wait a minute. So I've done Raya. What would be way weirder? I got on Tinder. So the other day, I went on my first Tinder date ever in my entire life. Um, do you guys love Tinder? No, sorry. We just gasped because I went on my first Tinder date of this experiment like two dates ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did? Or one day to go, actually. Yeah. yeah. One day to go. Yeah. Just because I was like, that's not an app I'm using, but I want to hear your experience. experience. Yeah. Sorry. No, we don't love it at all. Okay. So, well, I mean, so I'm on the thing and it started over the holidays. My, my, you know, I, I was at home by myself. It wasn't sad. I was actually loving life. I'm giving you every unnecessary detail. I hope that's okay. Oh, we um, love it. I'm, Please. 
from like up till four in the morning every single night. And, uh, you know, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. And so during the holidays, when I stay in LA, it's so great because everybody else leaves the city because they've all come from somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm up every night on Tinder and my God, it was just like all these, not to sound like an asshole, but it was just like all these shiny face, like potential like murdering, uh, I don't know, psychopath, <laughs> uh, child molester faces or something. I was just like, ah, John like one child molester face after the next. And I was like panicking. But then it was so fascinating because I, I kept trying to convince my girlfriends. I was like, listen, if you just stick with it, if you just stick with it and you get through the cesspool of Tinder and you stick to it, you'll find a, a diamond amongst the cesspool. And uh, wow, I sound like a complete asshole right now, but whatever. They're too far gone to stop now. But um, No, not at all. You don't. So I, 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 <laughs> like we've said the exact same thing before where we're like, oh, you really have to just we wade through a lot of diarrhea to find, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was a terrible analogy. It's crazy. No, I love people and people are fascinating. And I am, I, I swear to God, I'm very empathetic. But there are faces and captions and uh, descriptions of personalities and what people are looking for that I've seen on Tinder that are so intense and bizarre to me. Like, you know, heads the shape of a square. Like, just like bizarre. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. But anyway, so. Wow. I think everybody's going to unfollow me and they're not even following me, but this is whatever. Okay. So I, I got through the festival and, uh, and you know, I would go off and on. I would delete my account. I would question who I am and everything. And then a few days ago, I think I found the only attractive person on Tinder and, uh, and I went on a first date and it was lovely. It was like a day date. I'm trying to learn how to like, I'm trying to learn how to slow things down and, and not immediately go out for drinks or dinner with somebody and then like have sex with them immediately on the first date. I'm trying to make better choices. <laughs> so we had a really lovely first date. We're, we're, you know, a coffee, a walk and talk around Los Angeles. He asked me on a second date. He picks me up. We go to the Getty. It's totally lovely. We're living our lives. Our phones are put away. Our phone, um, whatever, uh, you know, we both have our phones put away so it's which is like you know i don't like it when i'm with somebody and they're all glazed over on their phone yeah no but then i go to the ladies room to, I, I go to the ladies room to do a secret phone check and i have like four missed calls from my mom and like a million texts and my grandma died my oh. I, you know, here's what happened no my grandma my grandma got in a horrible car accident she so i walked out of the ladies room and i'm like oh my god my According to these texts, my grandma just got in a horrible car accident. So that's where we're at at this point. So this guy has never been in a situation like this. I've never been in a situation like this. I'm on a second date with my, you know, uh, you know, with some dude I, I know from nowhere but Tinder. And at this point, what I learned was my grandma, whose 87th birthday was like last Wednesday. Uh, she just celebrated her last, her, her birthday. And she was meeting up with friends to celebrate her birthday uh, this, this past Sunday while I was at the Getty, but she didn't re realize it was daylight savings. And so she was running late, hopped in her car, uh, which she probably shouldn't have been driving because she's fucking 87 years old. She's racing to go meet her friends to celebrate her belated birthday. She's not wearing a seatbelt. 
and she got in a horrible car accident, rolled 12 times. And, and then I finally reached my mom on the phone to find out because she was still like hanging on by a thread, my grandma. And then I, and then my grandma like died like 15 minutes later, you know, when I, when I finally got a hold of my mom and it was the most bizarre. I mean, it's really sad and it's horrible and that's his own thing and whatever, but just to put in the context of a date, it was such a bizarre thing to try to navigate being on a second date with this Tinder guy who handled it lovely and was such a rock and so polite and such a sweetheart. But then you got to, you know, we're like up on top of a mountain at the Getty Museum. We got to like get on a tram and get back to the car. (laughs) So that was my week for my, 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 the first man I've ever met on Tinder, but I'm on a, you know, a second date. But the first time I've ever heard about, you know, my grandma dying um, on a date. bizarre well, so that's my story first of oh, all i'm so, so sorry. sorry that's so terrible and oh, oh and just that's yeah okay. really sorry yeah that's awful and also like oh my god of course that happened on a weird date why does life do that to to us <laughs> it's always something well, weird it's funny because somebody else i was telling this story to somebody else and, and i think like a lift driver in la and she was like that's a sign like God gave you, she like broke it down to like some mystical thing. Like that's a gift from God that she provided you with someone to, to, you know, be with you. And you weren't just alone when you heard the news, but I don't know if that's true, but it was just a weird day. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like, I fully don't believe in God, but I do, (laughs) no shade if you do, but like, I do think that like, there's something really powerful in like seeing how someone reacts to a shitty situation. Like, I feel like I've seen people step, pe- people who I didn't think would step up, step up, and people who I thought would step up, not step up. And I really feel like you can see something about a human being and how they react in like a stressful, hard, sad, shitty situation. And like, cool that you are like, oh, you're, you were able on a second date to be like, cool, I know you're a good person because you handled this well, you know? Yes, and not to get yeah. super deep. Alexi, this is, you might not know because we don't talk about it that often. It's not in our pitch, but like part of the impetus to start this was like last year I lost my mom and I just hadn't dated for a while and like it was like getting back out there too. And I had this weird thing where I'd tell someone on a date, maybe a first date on these 51 first dates, like, and kind of freak out about it or like, should I share that yet or not? And not in in a super, it's like, and Liza, what you just said, you said to me then, like, it's really interesting how people handle that. And again, it wasn't in the moment. I wasn't on a date when it happened. But just any way people, it's like a weird thing. You can see if people are like, no, no, no. Or yeah. like kind of just like there and have lived and feel weird about shit too. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting. Yeah, there, there are a million different ways to go where sometimes people can like freak out and get a kind of, I don't know, they can freak out and panic, which doesn't help. Or they can shut down and just not know what to do. And you could, you feel completely alone next to a person and they seem helpless and you're like, Oh, that's unhelpful. And then there's like a really, I don't know. I, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's not even what the person does, but like a steady, strong silence and just knowing that they're there and they're present and you can say what you need and they'll, they'll help. And like, just, so it's like a nice, when you feel calm around somebody and, and you feel like in good hands, even totally. that quiet knowing is such a nice thing. Yeah, you can totally learn about people. People 
That's a good thing to reveal on a first date, I think. I'm so sorry about your mom. Oh, no. Thank you. And I, I, we, like, have talked about it so our listeners know about it. Uh, thank you. And it's so weird all the fucking time. Still, still dealing with it. But, yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. I feel it's, like it's a good marker of people's maturity. Yeah. Just, when they know how to, like, be a human when you're having a hard time. And I've never, like, quite had a hard time on a first date, which you actually had because you were learning information, Alexi. But it's just even more when it would just pop out of my mouth a little bit earlier and people would almost be, like, freaked out by it and then make me feel like, oh, shit. I make a lot of jokes when I'm uncomfortable. And so, like, he was learning just as much about me as I was about him. And, like, he Mm. didn't, you know, I tend to, like, I mean, I don't even know anything anymore, but I tend to date guys who are more reserved than me and and more internal and I'm an introvert extrovert and whatever so I just know that I felt calm around him and it was I don't know what I thought really but he was just he just felt like uh, solid but at the same time you you know he didn't have a rule book or a guidebook as to what to what what to do but yeah he was totally he was totally lovely and I made my jokes and he laughed at the jokes and he you know we he just asked, you know, what do you want? What do you need? Like, well, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And and then there's nothing to do. We just went to dinner because my mom was so far away. And, and I, my mom said, let me just, just let's, meet, let's meet up later tonight when I'm back home. And uh, I just said, you know, I was like, I don't know what your deal is, dude, but like, I just want to have a glass of birthday and I want to have dinner because I'm starving. If you want to do that, great. If you don't, no worries at all. I'll be totally fine. But like, you know. Because he wasn't sure if I wanted to be alone, or he, and he didn't know like if he was overstepping or, or what's the like, he didn't know what to do. So, totally. I, so that was a moment where it's like that's sometimes a moment where there's like too much going on for you to be all in your head and be like, oh my god, the guy didn't ask. You know, I don't know. There's just no. I was, there was just like a no bullshit moment where I just went, this is what I want. I'm starving. If you want to do that, great. If not, no worries. And he was like, oh no, we're going to dinner. So we just went to dinner, and it was normal and calm and a wonderful distraction, and and. But also, it's, you know, I'm also trying to remember, like, I mean, I'm also trying to remember that you don't really know a person yet. And I'm trying to slow things down in my yeah. brain in general for whoever I'm dating, where it's like, oh, I could project all this shit on him and, and or any man anytime. But the truth is, it's like, oh, a second date, you're, it's all just unfolding and you're getting to know a person. But yeah, this is definitely like a heightened experience. With, totally. That I'm, that I'm happy happening. I think it's interesting. And then I, and then I guess I'll never forget that date. Because the day my grandma yeah. passed away, yeah, it's just even to get away from like whoever this guy is, or just you know, and this particular day with my grandma situation, like something I've been dealing with. I st- I didn't date for like maybe three months, and I I just took a break for a minute, and I've been doing like I I, I had a guest on my podcast, and her name is Lacey Phillips, and she she does all this like self it's like very it's self help like stuff for you try to really look at yourself and, and why you make the decisions you make and you get into your subconscious. It's just all this like self work. So I've been yes. doing all, all of her, I've been doing all of her workshops and I did her partnership workshop and, and I, and, and I was like, okay, well I haven't dated in, in like three or four months. I'm going to date now. I've been doing all this work on myself and I'm going to do everything I don't usually do. I'm, I'm trying it a different way. I want to make better choices and like, what does that mean? So even as an example of this like second date, we went to the music, like the first day, was the coffee date, the second date was the museum date during the day. They're both day dates. Now I never usually do day dates. Usually, I mean, 
usually it's like, you know, you're going to meet somebody for a drink or it's like a nighttime romantic thing and so you can make out and all this stuff. But like after I did this workshop and all my girlfriends are doing it too. So we're all kind of like texting each other about, you know, how are we going to slow it down? Or like, you got to write, anyway, there's all this like shit that Lacey makes you do in this workshop, the Mm -hmm. partnership workshop. I sound like I'm in a call, but whatever. <laughs> no, you but, don't. Uh, I think she was on a friend of mine's podcast. She's a lot of manifestation. Is that right? Yeah, she's a manifestation advisor. And yeah. she, I'm, I'm just like, the, what she's teaching is really great. And it's about like raising your self-worth. So you bring in, so your self-worth matches what you're trying to bring into your life. Because mm-hmm. chances are like where you're at, you know, what you want for yourself is, is like, better than where you're at then that's why you have to raise your self-worth because and and like you know so it matches like the level of what you're trying to call into your life so if i'm looking for like you know if i'm self-conscious or insecure or think i need to have sex immediately because that's you know all i'm worth or i'm i'm like you know i don't know using sex as a currency or whatever then i'm gonna draw on like a person who agrees with that but if i'm like after intimacy, if, if that's what I want, I, I feel like I'm fully rambling. I've never done an over the phone podcast. It's oh my terrible. god, no, it's great. Yeah, I know, and we did. Yeah, no, the, you honestly, I feel like our listeners gonna are gonna benefit so much totally. from your candor and everything. So please don't feel like you're rambling. Also, like rambling. that's the whole vibe of what we do. Like we're drinking beers. We did like a shot of weird vodka at this Polish restaurant. We just ate at. Like, don't worry about any oh. of that. Oh, good. Okay, good. Now I feel okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you were here, I would be giving you whatever kind of yeah, booze or whatever it is you want. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I'll just keep. I'll keep rambling then. Um, oh my god, please. So. Well, so I and I even said this on this. Uh, oh, one of the things is on this Lacey Phillips workshop is like don't have sex until six weeks. Like wait at least six weeks before you have sex. And I was like, oh my god wait six weeks are you kidding me i usually you know what this is bizarre i can't do this and so i actually had to write out like oh and also she says go on two days a week and and know the person for six weeks so that if it's like two days a week for six weeks that's 12 days so i literally and i don't use literally like every other girl in california i literally (laughs) wrote out 12 dates and it was like museum coffee ice cream the movies dinner drinks like just like breaking it or like a hike or whatever the fuck like all this shit so it's so interesting because i've been in relationships that only last six weeks and had i actually gotten to know the dude and not had sex with him so early i never would have had sex with him because six weeks later i would have known that the dude's a fucking bonehead and like i want nothing to do with them and we're so wrong for each other so at the museum, I even remember, first of all, I loved the first date of just walking and getting coffee and talking. And I loved not kissing at the end of the date because anticipation is so fucking hot. I didn't even realize it's sexy. And then on the date at the museum, uh, I said out loud to the guy, because I never shut the fuck up apparently, but I said out loud to the guy, I was like, oh my God, it's so interesting. We're out in the daylight. You know, we're in the daylight. We're we're on top of a hill at this museum, you can see me in broad daylight. We, we're we not drinking alcohol. It is, we're so exposed. It's like we're not hiding behind, you know, alcohol and darkness. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. 
so, and that's awesome. That's like, that's so brave and scary and great because ideally, I guess I'm on this new thing. I used to just like date people or, or want some kind of kooky, interesting weirdo because, or, you know, and I'd go out with guys with all these red flags and stuff, but I'd be like, well, that's okay. Like, I, he's so interesting. And even if I think I see how it's going to blow up, it's okay because he's such a neat, interesting person. And, and like, I don't know. I, and now I don't, and I love sex anyway. I'm going to have sex very quick because, because I love, I'm a woman who loves sex. How dare people tell me that like, you know, a woman shouldn't have sex right away. Fuck that. And you know, how dare you. But now I realize it was a self-worth issue that I gave my, I let some dude put his, you know, his pride. Yeah. I let, I let some guy inside of me so quickly that now I, now I think I, I, I like myself more. Even in the last, like, three months, I, like, value myself more where I'm like, what? I wouldn't let just anybody inside my body. And and I'm after a different thing now. Also, I'm, like, after, like, intimacy. Like, totally. I'm after mm-hmm. intimacy as opposed to, like, a story or a sexy makeout or... And I don't know. Totally. So I'm I f- happy. Yeah. I yeah, I feel like we talk a lot. Kimmy and I talk a lot about, like... um yeah, like I feel like what you want can just change and it can change faster than I think uh, you can even realize, than you can even keep up with. And I feel like that's a great example. Like, I, I feel like I had a period where I was like, I just want to have sex, you know, <laughs> and it, yeah. it like those things just kind of are ever shifting. And I think it's based on so many things. And I think what you want is okay. But sometimes like whatever you want, whatever you're into is generally okay. But I think sometimes the like awareness of why there's like a lag <laughs> where you don't realize totally. exactly why you're after what you're after until like six months to a year later, at least for me. That always happens. Fully. And also, Alexia, I like what you said about, like, because it is, uh, we struggle with this sometimes. I just happen to be a prude who waits a long time to have sex. It hasn't quite benefited me. Um, Here I am on this podcast. But, like, I talk sometimes about, because I just want to feel like an empowered woman who could have sex right away. But I think we're all different, and we're all, like, it's totally fine to have sex right away. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's how it kind of feels to you. And so if you recognize that for you, you were like, oh, now I want to wait. And especially, like, I feel like that's also right. I don't know. This I feel like this theme comes up a bunch. So it's really interesting to hear your experience just kind of, like, thinking about that recently and how. Well, and also I think it's interesting because, like, I didn't even know what was running me. Like, I think it's, I think any any behavior is totally fine. Yeah. As long as you know what's running you, why you feel the way you feel about yourself or why you feel inclined to uh, engage in certain kind of behavior. Because for me, I think I was all, I was all confused and like, I was like, you know, and I, and I do love sex and I'm, I'm good at it. I like it. It's fun. It's fantastic. But like, you know, even the people I would pick, there's, there's so much shit that I wasn't looking at. And like, maybe, Oh God, it's just like, whatever. I don't know if it's, it sounds all hokey and ridiculous, but, uh, what am I even saying here? Sometimes the awareness of why you're doing what you're doing just, like, comes later. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, totally. And then I just learned a new thing. I mean, it's interesting. I learned so much from my podcast guests. That's why it's so wonderful, you know, from one podcast host to another. Like, it's, it's so fun to do this because you learn so much every episode from whoever you're talking to. And, like, you find, you know, I, I learned so much and I feel less alone or I whatever. But I had this, I had this woman on a few weeks ago, and her name is, Maxine and she's like she's an energy healer woman because I I, you know I I have tons of different types of guests on 
And she told me, and this is like a wake up call for me. And I don't know if you guys will relate to this or, or your listeners. I'm sure you will. But I've met guys before where I, when I meet them, it's like, <gasps> it's like my heart beats so fast. I feel all this crazy static energy. I feel like so like, oh my God, like this racing crazy feeling um, where I'm profusely sweating and I feel all this anxiety and excitement. And I'm, and I would walk towards men who would make me feel that way. Like I would go towards them and because talking to them or flirting with them or sleeping with them very quickly or making out, I, uh, that would silence that anxious feeling. And I thought the anxious feeling was love or lust or that's my soulmate or whatever. And then, you know, and then later I would, I would, you know, I would have a relationship with a guy where I would feel that way. And then it would burn out very quick. It was codependent. It was like we were trauma bonding. All this shit would come up or, you know, it just burned bright and fast and end horribly. And then this woman told me, she's like, next time you feel that, instead of trying to silence that anxiety, crazy internal feeling that you think is passion and love and romance and soulmate connection, whatever, like just sit with that feeling for a second and just ask yourself, like, what what is this about? What do you need? Why do you feel this way? And like, and it might, and, and, and don't walk towards that feeling like that profuse sweating, crazy, like, <gasps> like kind of, you know, insecure or feeling all these things or nerves. I, Cause I, I, I used to think I had to feel so nervous around a guy and like, so I'd be so anxious and just static. I just call it static energy. And she said, if you check in with yourself, that will go away. And then if you really just like pay attention to it and go inward as opposed to externalizing it with like sex or a makeout or engaging with the dude, you probably will just get over it. And, you know, which is interesting. And that's helpful because now I'm like, oh, shit. Now I know why I date these codependent, narcissist, musician, sociopath, uh, hipster, unfeeling, uh, whatever dudes. Where, you know, men who live in other cities or just like be tugging for their affection or it's, they just felt so unavailable. And, but like, or they'd be crazy about me, but then they would go away. That, that, that attention for them would go away. And, and now it's like, oh, wow, I don't want that. Like, now I know like, oh, that's just because that's what I, that's how it was with my father. That's how it was with my mom. And, and when I was, you know, that's like a, a horrible feeling that feels really comfortable to me because it comes from chaos as a, as a kid. And now I'm like, oh. Well, now that I know that about myself, I still want like some guy I have great sexual chemistry with who is handsome and treats me well and is smart that I can laugh with. But I want calm. Like, I don't need the like wild nights going on the road with the musician guy who's like a- an addict. You know, I don't want addicts. I want calm. I want healthy. Yeah, totally. That's so real. Like, I just feel like I'm just like sitting here. I know you can't see us, but like just nodding and smiling at Liza because so much of this for me was like stopping my terrible dating habits of staying with people way too long who I should not be with, but felt that kind of crazy heart in my throat chemistry for. Um, Yeah, like calm is important. And Liza is in this long-term relationship and has always told me it should feel easy. It should feel calm. And like, I don't know. Totally. everything that you just said resonated so much with me and I hope with our listeners because totally but even then like I yeah like I love I I'm in like I said like I'm in a very happy relationship that I'm so you know like I I know that I'm so lucky and I feel really happy in but it it's not it doesn't stop me from ever feeling that way around other people 
where I'm like, oh my God, or this, or someone will like me or what flirt with me or whatever. And I'll have this feeling and I have to like check myself and be like, dude, this is like, I, I did this for a bunch of years with fucking people like this. Like it doesn't, it's so, it is, there is something so drug-like about the feeling, about like the agitatedness you get when you Mm -hmm. feel that with someone that it's very hard And I definitely, like, have an addictive personality anyway, but that feels more addictive than any of the various substances I like, you know? Like, it's it's intense, that Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. It's even weird because, like, they even tell it to girls when whatever your upbringing is with with your parents or family, even, like, when they're like, oh, but boys mean to you in school. I mean, like, if you're attracted to men, like... Mm -hmm. If, if a boy's mean to you at school and treats you, or, you know, tugs in your pigtails, like, that means you like to. So then it's like you're also, like, these weird ideas are planted as seeds in our head from the culture of, like, romance. If a guy is mean to me or, or negs me or is sarcastic or treats me like shit, makes me uncomfortable, like, he likes me. Oh, wow, he chose me. How exciting. And it's like, that's fucked up. I mean, it shouldn't be like that. That's so true. Cause sometimes I'm like, what, what made me this way? But like, even just being told that is a huge part of it. You're told that when you're younger, cause it's weird. Like when you're in elementary school, flirting is so darn weird slash none of you really know what you're doing and you're not even fully sexually developed humans yet. But yeah, that weird, like, Oh, he likes you. He's paying attention to you in a mean way is definitely the story of my 20s, too. So this is an effort to break out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this kind of lends itself to our theme, which I just realized we haven't even said yet. Oh, we haven't. Oh, we'll say it. We don't. (laughs) Alexi, we we don't really, like, um, adhere to a format. Plan or produce this that much. (laughs) Uh, We. I love it. Cool. Do, do it anything. I'm, I, I love this podcast. This is great. Ugh, dope. This is amazing. Um, so uh, for everyone listening, our theme this week is um, undateability, which we know is not a word, but it relates to like a whole thing, which is that Kimmy is in, I think, one, Next week's. one week from uh, when this episode is released is going to be in Time Out New York's undateables <laughs> section, oh, which is like a completely hilarious uh, thing to say, because obviously I, her friend, don't think she's undateable. Um, but it's, uh, if, you, if you're not aware of it, it's um, a feature in which Time Out New York sets up two single New Yorkers on a fully blind date and then interviews each of them separately about the date. So, obviously, like, pretty uh, matched up pretty well with our whole shtick we're doing here on 51 First Dates. Um, and so, Kimmy went on it this week. So, that's date number 22? Two. 22. 22. Um, yeah. But we thought that, like, a good theme to talk about well, uh, well, in conjunction with Kimmy being in Undateables is, like, um, undateability at large, what makes all of us undateable, what we find undateable in other people. So that's the theme we're going to talk about. Um, but I think... And I feel like we deep dove on it already. Just I know, I feel like, like we just had a deeper talk about it than, yeah. like, you know, anything. Um, but before we get into that, like, we should probably touch on date number 22. Okay, Alexi, so I usually do, like, we call it a taxi cab confession, like the HBO Late Night Show, but it's just literally me recording my first impression. Guys, I honestly did not do it this week after my timeout date because I forgot. What? And I was... You did it? 
I <laughs> fucked up and I'm flabbergasted, but also technically I know. And I talked to Liza about before I was like, I, should I fake it? Ugh, but like, no, we don't fake shit on this podcast. But yeah, no, I forgot to, cause I was a little bit, I've literally, Alexi, have you ever gone on a fully blind date? I hadn't. And it was very jarring to me. Uh, oh, you know what? Oh, God, this is why videos on the internet are so fucked up. I did. I was set up on a completely blind date in New York for, like, Elle magazine or Glamour magazine, and I, the video, I look so ugly in the video, and the date is so wrong, so I have experienced exactly what you experienced, and it's so uncomfortable, but I'll tell us everything. And you got videoed? Oh, my goodness, yeah, because I felt so stressed, so, like, I'll start at the beginning of the date. The first question they do ask you... Um, Will, who organizes the Undateables, who's amazing, who I hope will be a guest someday, um, he interviews you, he says, this is vague, but, like, why are you undateable? <laughs> and, obviously, I was like, well, I have a podcast, because I'm shouting it out, and the, it's very Googleable, and also, like, I am terrible at choosing the right people for me. But, uh, basically, the date went like this. I just, it's weird, because I feel like I just recapped it, so I'll do my taxi cab confession now. Um, weirdly, it was so anxious. I've gone on so many dates now. I was I have not been nervous for a date. Like I texted Liza because I'd be in the city. I was like, "Can you hang out with me before or after?" I, I know when very, I felt terrible, nervous. I was like going to dinner and I was like, "I can't." No, but I don't know why I was nervous. I was like, "I need a drink beforehand." Also, so Alexi, I actually they definitely don't have these in LA, but do you know? So I think they made a little boo boo on timeouts part. No shade, but I think they didn't realize where they were sending us. Alexi, there's a place called Dos Toros in New York, and it's, like, a glorified Chipotle. Like, there's definitely not a bathroom. Like, there's not even... There's not even margaritas. Um, there were beers. Like, it was... You have to order... Like, I was, it's like... It's like a bar. Like, you pick if you, you want pick your what things. kind of salsa you want. They put, like, it's... Yeah. So I'm all day getting nervous, talking to friends, being like, they're sending you to what? Dos Toros? What the fuck is this? When and, you texted me that, I was, like... Oh, is there a sit-down Dos Toros somewhere? Like, that was my assumption, like, that there was, like, a flagship Dos Toros that was nice. Maybe, maybe there are. <laughs> no, like, there's not. Like, I, and there, It's yummy. I, I googled the shit out of it, because I was like, Chipotle has margaritas, maybe I can have margaritas. <laughs> nope. So I am very stressed. Haven't been stressed for a date in a minute, because thank you to the podcast. Thank you, Liza, for sending me on dates. But I walk in, and uh, this woman turns to me, and she's like, I know I have to ask for someone named... Karen or something with a K and she's like oh sorry are you waiting and I was like um I guess so so I just like walk up to the counter and ask for this woman it's the woman who just asked me if I was waiting and she's standing with a dude so we basically have a chaperone setting us up which is nice because timeout's gonna pay but it was just like very awkward yeah I felt like it was middle school or I didn't go on dates in middle school like <laughs> high school like oh hi hi uh yeah we ordered our food. I ordered a beer off the back. So I was like, I'm going to have an alcohol. Yes, please. And my date was like, oh, I've like drank a lot this week and I'm not going to. And I was like, fuck. It was a Sunday. And that's fine. And then it was so weird because I'm ordering it from the goddamn counter where we just like ordered our tacos. and like, what do you want? And I'm like, I just want to order tacos and be done. Like, I just want to be served at a table. Like, again, shout out to Will at Time Out. He was like, oh, I was totally wrong. I didn't know what that place was. Um... That's totally fine. I just, it was so fucking awkward. Like, just, sit, we sat and everything was, like, my So date, you guys met and then had to met, go through the taco yes, line together exactly. immediately. Thank you, yes. That's insane. Like, literally, <laughs> no thank you. Like, no thank you. And 
And then, yeah, with the whole drink thing, I was like, oh my god, I'm a monster. And then I was like, we had just done our taxes last week. I was like, where did I put my ID? Do I have it? Yes, because he then carded me because it's one of those places. And like, it was just, that was the whole thing. And then we sat down and I was like, all right, just chill out, be normal. And here's the thing. My date was super sweet, um, super... Like, I feel like timeout and dateable section, like, there's there was, like, that dude who got death threats. Like, we asked to do this, too. He was like, why are you here? I was like, well, I have a podcast. And he was like, I was like, why are you here? And my date was like, oh, um, a friend of mine who's um, an editor at a website told me to do this. And I was like, oh, what website? And he was like, oh, Elite Daily, which, Alexi, I, like, part-time write for their dating stuff sometimes. You know, girls gotta make some money. Um... And it was my editor, so <laughs> it was a tiny, tiny world in which, like, my editor, who I work for remotely, like, three days a week, like, standing her articles, like, who I really don't know. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is, everything is a lot. And here's the thing. He was so sweet. I feel like usually in those weird columns, the dude's kind of a jerk. Or that's not true. I've seen the jerky dudes. And so I was very scared going into this. Like, someone's going to have an opinion on me. That is yeah. going to go in a thing, and I'm going to get weird texts and why did you do this? Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Was he was he cute? Was he tall? How tall are you? I'm five two. He wasn't very tall, but the, for me, it's like less of a a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was cute. I also feel like you know I'm very aware right now that he's probably going to end up listening to this, and he was so like literally literal sweetheart. Like you have to like when you interview with them, rank it on hearts. But, like, the hearts aren't necessarily all romantic. Like, he was just so endearing, so kind, asked so many questions, which I really appreciate. Like, not in a weird way. Not, like, how many siblings. He was genuinely, like, being curious. Which That's I think a good date. everyone should be. Um, I didn't feel super romantic chemistry, but we've, like, he's texted me since. He's a literal sweetheart. What of- are his stats? What's, what's his, like, ASL? Oh, God. So age, younger than me. But we didn't know. This is super blind. Like, literally nothing. So did you, so you had to ask him everything. You had to be like. I felt rude asking his age, but I know my editor is a little bit younger than me. So I was like, he's probably a little bit younger than me. Um, You know, you know how we do. Uh, The way he explained when he went to college, I think he's like two years or so young. Oh, we'll find out in time out because they definitely (laughs) ask him your age. And, like, Guys. then you had to, like, find, you had to ask, like, where are you from? What's your job? You had to do everything. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't think, I think that's too blind. I think, I think blind dates, I don't know. I'd rather have Kinder. At least, you, like, I need to see somebody. Yeah. No, I agree. Because. Or just know a couple things about them. Know where they're from and what their job is and, and how old they are. That's and what you're looking for. Bit. Like, it was just so hard to yeah. start from scratch. Was it, was there any relief in the fact that you were able to just be like, hey, I have a podcast and this is what I'm... Yes. Okay. It was really nice. I knew that question would come early and I knew I wouldn't lie about it. And thank God I didn't because he has to know my editor who knows all about it. But like, yeah, I felt very relieved to just be able to be like, yeah, I have a dating podcast. I wasn't like, it's 51, you're this number. But like, yeah. Yeah. Because Alexi, we've been, we've had like an ongoing conversation across all our episodes just about like... When does Kimmy tell people that she is talking about them on the internet? You know, we always try to be kind. We keep everything really anonymous. We try to be like, look, the guys are also, like, we're all just out there seeking human connection in this, like, cold, dead world. So we try to be nice. Yeah. You know. And she's really only been on one, like, terrible date that we were probably not nice about. You know, even dates that aren't amazing, we're like, it's fine. You know, it's not. 
you know, uh, we're not talking shit about anyone, but it's hard. Wait, for the one for, for the one that was not amazing, did did he know that you guys had a podcast? No. So here's the thing. <laughs> for the first date, we've just we've gone back and forth too because I've had people be like, "I know you have a podcast." On the first date, and be like, "Oh shit, hi." And they've even told me, like, I actually went, my date in L.A., which was, like, date number five, before we had a following at all, he just was really good at Googling me, and, like, somehow, though it was Bumble, no last name, found, our production company found, I mean, it's not on, whatever. Um, And he and I talked about it for a long time. He was a great date. He's still one of the gems. And he was like, I don't actually think you should tell people, because then it won't be a thing. Like, I think you should tell people at a certain point, but... We made a third date rule. I'm realizing it should probably be a second date rule. But I've told people, like, who are not upset and have continued to hang out. So I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. That's the whole thing. Because I used to have a blog called I'm Boy Crazy, and I would write about my feelings and dates, and I would talk about my boyfriend, whoever my boyfriend was at the time, but I tried to shroud it in, like, I I tried to change the time frame, and I would never describe the person. I tried to keep it vague. But even that, like, it just ended up burning me so hardcore because mm-hmm. even when I stopped having the blog and I stopped having like a call in advice podcast that I had years ago, then even with my podcast now, which isn't about dating, it's just about like, it's just tangential conversations. Right. I still have the stigma attached to me where like, even on Tinder, some guy wrote to me and he went, and I write like host of the Love Alexi podcast. And he wrote to me and he went, oh, am I just going to be some experiment for your podcast? Mm-hmm. And I went ballistic. I like unmatched with him and I like went on a rampage on Insta stories. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, it's all one big experiment. Maybe, you know, I'm not just a person who's looking for connection and love. Like, fuck you, dude. How dare you think it's all about you? And so I, I'm the other way now. Like now I'm actually like, I don't want anybody to know that I, I don't even want a guy I date to listen to my podcast because I want him to just get to know me. And I also am like, we want to be very vague if I mention a guy I'm dating and I want him to feel, feel completely safe and I want to protect a relationship because I've already gone through the whole thing of like being so open that I'm like, I got to keep something for me. We don't talk about anything past the first date. And I will like, yeah, I think, yeah, it's been weird. And I think your you know perspective is good. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I actually am thinking about it now. It's a weird call because it's like if you go on a first date and it's part of this and you have this framework and you have this podcast and it's a brilliant idea and it's really fun and exciting. And, you know, like even if I wasn't a guest on this podcast, I've listened to the podcast like it's it's fun. And that's fine. And there's nothing really dangerous about it. So how should you do it? That's the best way. Let me really think about this, because, like, if you tell them on the first date, it it fucks with the whole thing. Then the guy's going to be performing or he's going to be really self-conscious. So Mm -hmm. yeah, tell him on the second date and then, but he might feel like blindsided and and just lied to. So that's like, you're dealing with that. Mm -hmm. But then, but then also it's like, I guess the right guy or the right guy for you would also understand. Like if you just say it to him, like, Oh, we're not mean spirited. And like, if you did something horrible, I'd probably mention it, but I wouldn't say your, I'm not going to say your name. I'm going to keep it anonymous. I keep it vague. I won't expose you, but if I get annoyed by something, I'll talk about what I get annoyed by. But, but I mean, it doesn't seem like you're, you know, as long as you don't insult me and you're not a complete piece of garbage, like you're fine. So don't worry about it. And I'm not going to say your name. So, so I don't like, I don't know. A guy shouldn't be too worried, but like people are, 
interesting. It's so interesting how like some people are just so private and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And they want to feel safe. I don't know. It's like a tough call. I would say tell them on the second date. Yeah. Well, what do you do if you start falling in love? I don't is know. Is the goal to fall in love? Or- the goal is, and the goal is, no, no, sorry. Actually, we've always said it's not to like get a boyfriend, fall in love. Cause I'm just like serially never in relationships that are serious. Like I'll date someone for two years on and off, but never make it serious and have really struggled in that department of my life. Um, due to like fear of intimacy stuff. Like I really, I'm starting to come around to it. Therapy helps. Here's what I think. I think that most, it's obviously a very tricky thing. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think Kimmy generally has just been, like, unbelievably brave and, like, a, you know, it's very – it's it's scary and tricky and whatever. But I think a lot of people have found out or you've told them. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone except one person has been kind of okay with it. And the one person who wasn't super okay with it, who canceled a date, was like, you know, I'm I'm not so cool with this. For a couple different reasons. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just his... And, and it's funny because I think it was like... It did... It was a bummer because you liked him and, you know, all this stuff. But I think... And I told you this in text when you told me this had happened. I was like, I think that's just his right. I think it's just anyone's right to be like, I, I'm not cool yeah. with this, and you that's, know? That's honestly what, like, Malls and Lane Moore had said on that. Like, you just have to be cool with that. And... That's a really good point because when I was dealing with that on my blog, and I still deal with this in my podcast because I deal with it in a different way where it's like the, your, the whole structure for your thing is like you're going to be going on a series of dates with different people for sure. That's the whole framework and like that's the premise. So that's that's a whole other level, but that's like – but it's similar because you're talking about dating in a public forum. So I've definitely – I've been in – and I get so annoyed by this question. I get so, – I'm, I'm become such a little brat because I'm thinking, like, I should be able to do anything I want to do, and the guy should accept it, and fuck him if he tries to put me in a box and control me. But looking at it this way, yeah, guys are always, like – I have heard a guy say, you know, oh, like, I prefer if you didn't talk about me on the podcast. And they'll say that to me before we're even, like – they'll just say that on their own, and, and I would get so offended, but – now I get it. Like, I, I, I don't know. what. Wow. All of a sudden, that clicks more. Because if I were going to go on a date with you and I find out about this premise, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'm so sensitive. Because, like, now it's not even about you talking about us dating. It's, like, knowing that this, I'm just an experiment or maybe mm-hmm. real love is not even a possibility and my feelings would be hurt. And I'd be like, what is this? But I'm some, like, joke or something for you to riff on or something like you know. Yeah, no. And that's uh-huh. honestly why weirdly the timeout thing was like a good taste of my own medicine. Not that we ever call people jokes or like literally it was one dude who was on his work phone and his regular phone the whole time that we were kind of sassy about. I don't know. Weirdly, we got we get a like obviously hate mail anytime we do something slightly offensive. I'm sure you're used to this, but it has never been yeah. about the way we treat men. And we have male Wait, listeners. the bad the the guy on two phones was your was Kimmy's bad date. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Only that Just bad clarifying. Date. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It, for a second, it sounded like it was a timeout guy, which oh, it was not. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Sorry. The timeout guy was great. But I just, yes, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm, because this is such, something that I'm always worried about and thus spewing anxiety out about right now. But the timeout date was great. Like, a great reminder, like, my nerves going into that, that, yeah, it's scary to know someone's going to say something about you and it will be out there. Like, we're not exactly timeout in print, but, like, we're out there. So 
Yeah. Like it did add another layer to what I was doing, how I was acting, you know? So that was a good reminder of like, yeah, I, I continue to feel like if more people had had kind of like upset reactions when they found out about it, I'd feel like, let's just call it off. But luckily it's been kind of, because then people listen, or men who I've gone on dates with who find out listen or who are told and don't feel terribly about it. Like, I don't know. And and I also think it's like a fun, like upbeat way to spin it too, which isn't even a lie. It's just to be like, you know, if somebody asks on a second date, you'd say like, hey, by the way, like I, I have this podcast and it's called this because... You know, I, I I wanted this excuse to kind of throw myself out into the world after it was after your mom passed away, right? Yes, it was. Yes, this is. Yeah. this is so. So it's, like, so it's lovely. So it's like, listen, I went through this traumatic experience, and I kind of shut the world out. And my friend and I started this podcast where I throw myself out into the world, and it's a it's an opportunity for me to throw myself out into the world, meet new people, and it's called you know it's called what it's called. And you're not an experiment, but I do reflect on the dates that I go on. But totally, but, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't want you to feel unsafe. Yeah. I don't. I don't want you to feel unsafe or anything. So, uh, and I keep it vague. I don't say names. So I just wanted to let you know what I'm up to, so you don't think I'm, you're being tricked in anything. I just reflect on dating. You know, that's in the amazing. World. I don't know. That's literally what I a transcript. Yes, of that. I think the experiment is not about. Necess- it's on on paper about dating, but I think it's about making yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what it's about is like trying to open yourself up, you know? So yeah, like who can really be upset about that? It, you know, we're not, it's not a talking shit podcast. We're not coming on here to talk badly about a bunch of guys. We're coming on here to talk about like how connecting with other humans romantically is like really hard and scary. Yeah. I, I know the, the bummer thing is, and this is what I've experienced too. And you guys, already know this but it's like people don't get nuances so i've totally been in your situation where i'm like no it's really just me reflecting you know on my podcast about feelings and life and making yourself vulnerable and throwing yourself out into the world and what it all means and connecting but all they hear is like oh my god she's gonna she's gonna tell you know tell the world all my personal shit it's like people don't get nuance you know especially men Which is kind yeah. of, but all of that is kind of the argument for not telling them ahead of time totally. because, like, there are I mean, certain, a lot of men do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hashtag we, men. We love men. Jim, Jim, we love you. Like, so many great Jim men. Gets it. So many great men. But also, Jim, Jim, Jim sounds like a monster. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Jim made us do that shot of vodka earlier. He literally <laughs> forced us. So, you know, <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, okay. I'm going to do a hard right turn into our theme. And, like, we've we've chatted plenty. We'll like, just like, cover it. Yeah. We'll rapid fire. I feel like, really quick, we should all just, like, say uh, what makes us undateable. Even though we're all dateable. Even though, obviously, we're all dateable. But then, okay, I want to hear, like, what makes all of us undateable and then what we find in other people makes them undateable. Like, what our big thing is where we're like, okay, cool, I'm going to nope you, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we- I will say real quick, according to this Lacey Phillips work that I've been doing, before one of the steps of the partnership workshop is you have to write out your cliche manifestation list uh, about, like, everything you want in, in your partner, blah, 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 every single thing. And then she makes you write a list of all the things that you bring to the table. So, mm. and, it, and it's so interesting because it makes you realize, like, it make, it's just 
I don't know, I'm usually so like self-loathing or whatever, but you write this list of what you bring to the table and it reminds you like, oh, wow, I'm great. I, I got a lot to offer. So it's like such a nice thing to do. But anyway, let's do your thing. No, I'm ready when you are. I right. think we should do what makes us what we think makes us undateable and then what actually makes us dateable. We should have to do both. Wait, we also... I think that's true. No, Alexi, I appreciate that point because we've also gotten called out for, like, too much self-deprecation on this pod. So I actually think maybe we should just, like, not do that for once. Right here, what we're seeing well, no, is, but, like... No, but wait, but I, I, I totally want to talk shit about what makes the dude undateable, too. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Let's I think that's great. But also, I literally think that, like, full circle, this is a manifestation of the yin-yang New York versus L.A. thing, where Kimmy and I are like, what makes us undateable? And Alexi's like, no, guys, what make what do we bring to the table? I'm like, we've been in cool, cool I've lived in New York for eight years, so yeah. I need to leave. We need a break. We need a break. It's very clear. <laughs> you, need, you need to miss an L.A., baby. Oh, my God. Oh, we haven't been in 2018. I know. <laughs> Soon. Um. Okay, who start, I'll who's starting this? I'll go first. Yes. Okay. I think the thing that makes me undateable is that um I am not super uh positive. I would say overall I'm a little bit negative. For example, this whole saying what makes us undateable thing was my idea. Like like that's like I'm a I'm a pessimist. I'm like a nihilist. Like I think the world's gonna end. Like you know, I, I'm, um, I, I think that that's like a hard thing to get over. I I don't really, until until my I dated my my current boyfriend who's like a very optimist. I also just like did not ever think that any human was trustworthy. Like I just didn't think it was really possible. So I think that's my baggage for sure. I think I'm undateable because I am. Uh, a little bit, I hate when people call me picky, but I call myself picky. And also, like, um, I love, I love a really big challenge. And I'm, and that equates to, like, a fear of intimacy. So I've said many things now. But, like, I am scared of just, like, it working out. Because I assume that means it will, you know, spiral and fall down into the ground. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Um, uh, sounds familiar. I've been there. Oh, God. Um. I'm well. I think I'm totally dateable, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see. Thing, oh my god, this is the thing, just New York. For the so things long. that I are don't work in my favor that could push people away and make myself suffer are uh, I. I can be very mean to myself and very neurotic and just so mean to myself. The stories in my head that I'm telling myself that aren't mm. even true are brutal, like so brutal. And then, um. I think just like, yeah, just thinking the worst, assuming the worst, just this neurotic, like, exa- I exhaust myself with all the, like, I have all these ideas as to, like, how a person should behave, and I'm so controlling, and I'm so ready to, like, be like, yeah, I knew you'd fuck it up, or, like, I knew you'd abandon me, like, like, oh, I, you know, that I, I probably, t- I talk too much, clearly, I ask a lot of questions, I, like, interview a person, I set them up to fail, I put all these expectations on a person, and uh, I choose the wrong people, and I'm just really trying not to do that anymore. I'm trying to like mm. make better decisions, make it better decisions, have higher self worth, and like anyway. That's uh, no, that's so real. And I honestly feel like feminine energy is like so beautiful, but we are so 
complex. We have to think of so many things at once. Like, I think the overthinking thing is just such a double-edged sword. I think it's like our biggest superpower, but can also be so hard to get past. Like, we're so complex. We're so Mm -hmm. nuanced. Every woman I know is so, like, unbelievably deep and nuanced and beautiful. And it's, and it leads to all of these, like, amazing humans, but also, like, it can put us I know for me, I'm also a Gemini. There's just like a lot of shit, you know, always. <laughs> but like, it, it's well, it's yeah. a lot. You know, there's a lot going on in, in any in in any woman's head at any one time. There is a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Even I saw Whitney Cummings' movie. It's called The Female Brain, and it's available on iTunes. And I like it because it's like a TED Talk. It's like a great podcast and a romantic comedy all wrapped up into one. And it talks about all these things that are particular to women about like overanalyzing, wanting mm. to pop a guy's pimples, being controlling, <laughs> or just like, just all these different, I mean, that's not even, I'm paraphrasing, those aren't even in the movie really, but like all these things that, that people make women feel shameful for, these kind of cliche things that exist in women, the movie breaks it down and actually you come out of the movie being like, oh yeah, wait, I don't feel guilty for having that. Um, personality trait as a woman, it's actually a superpower because it, it, we do balance out men and like men are a certain way. We, we, you know, we want equal rights, but it's also, we're not the same. We are different. We totally. balance mm-hmm. each other out and it's a beautiful, and it's a beautiful thing. So when you just referred to like how these things are superpowers, that's exactly in that movie. It's so interesting. It's like, that's, that's what the movie does. It reminds you of, it turns the shameful way of looking at yourself as a woman into being like appreciating your superpowers instead. Oh, you know? That's so cool. Actually, Liza, we, we talked about that movie because I like listened to her and everyone should listen to her on Alexi's podcast, which might be out by the time this comes out next Tuesday, maybe. Should be. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll link that up. You've just, you've just interviewed her right before then. Um, I just interviewed, wait, am I supposed to say what I don't want, what, what makes me undateable and then what makes men horrible? Wait, what do I say now? We'll do it. Let's, we'll go. Let's do a real quick rapid fire in Lacey Phillips style of what makes us dateable, each of us. We have to say one nice thing about ourselves. Liza, you start. We'll go in the same order. Cool. So, um, A, I have like a really cute dog. Uh, <laughs> a real one. <laughs> so <About> you? <laughs> do it. I mean... Cute dog, great apartment. No, uh, no, I, uh, I think I bring a lot of um, creative energy, and I don't mean creative like uh, I am, you know, writing the next great novel. But I think that I uh, really believe that everyone has like um, a passion and a drive to make something, even if it's like food or knitting or whatever the fuck it like I really want everyone around me to be following their um their impulses to make stuff whatever it is so I think that in all my relationships I've really I really hold myself to that standard of like let's just do stuff let's make stuff let's be let's uh follow uh the things that make us excited to be human and I think I really bring that to the people that I date where I'm like what do you care about what do you love like what makes you excited to wake up in the morning go do that so I think that's uh, what makes me dateable? Excellent. Okay, it's so hard. Isn't it? Isn't it nice to say? Isn't it nice to say a nice thing? It's kind of it like feels really good. Yes. I was scared to say that, and now I'm like, we date me. 
Yeah, make make a whole list. You'll you'll blow yourself away. It'll it'll. I swear to God, you'll freak out. Oh my Actually, God. that's a, an exercise yeah. we're gonna do, and like just remind people. You don't have to post your list in the secret Facebook group, but we're gonna remind people to do that in the secret Facebook group. I'm gonna do mine. This feels so good. I'm gonna do mine like handwritten, and I'll post it in the secret Facebook group. Join the secret Facebook group. <laughs> but no, I like, want to join. I want to join your secret Facebook. Oh yes, group. yes, also, yes. You also, you also don't have to share it with anybody, too. You just be for yourself in your journal. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, vulnerable, you know. Totally. Yeah. No one will be able true. to read it because my handwriting's bad. So, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's hard because I that's even... why you're undateable. <laughs> because my shitty fucking handwriting. <laughs> oh, man. It's so hard. It's so hard. No, you can do it. I genuinely feel like I'm an open-minded, empathetic person when I really like someone. Like, I actually will give my all for you or believe you even though I have trust issues like I feel like I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt if I really care for you and then and from there like just support you not as as concretely as like creatively but just like believe you trust you be there for you do things for you yeah I'm nodding a lot I hope I don't know it's so hard to do okay Alexi I want you to go no that was great let's see what am I jumping oh god no I'm scared too um all right, I have my own life. I'm independent. Uh, oh yeah, I'm like, oh my god, you guys are like, what else? And I'm great at sex. I'm I'm uh, I'm great at sex. <laughs> I'm tall. I'm funny. I I'm loyal. I'm monogamous. I have so much love to give. And uh, you know, I don't know. It's not that's oh, it. that's, that's not so good. Wait, we should go to Lexico first. Like it's more like you yeah, fucking lit. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I love get, I love love giving blowjobs. Great advertising. <laughs> um, you know, just like uh, lots of stuff. Cool. I want to date you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, and we'll let you go. We have taken you for so long. We've had all the caveats, Wait, okay. but I want to let you. I want to let us all say what makes other people undateable. Yeah, I think we should maybe start. undateable and dateable, and we'll just do it both at once. Yeah, I'm just gonna do mine both at once. Okay. Ready? Undateable for me is like um, taking yourself too seriously. Like mm-hmm. just fucking, it's so boring. Um, uh, dateable for me is like um, that you give a shit about anything. Like I feel like the whole hip, cool, blah, 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 millennial culture is like that you're like so cool. Like I like people who are um, unapologetic in what they are passionate about. Okay. Undateable for me uh, shouldn't be this, but it's come up on the podcast. People who are really close-minded, um, and which doesn't necessarily mean conservative, um, but just like people who are not open to new ideas and expanding their horizons and doing new things, or like that feminism is really normal now. So that's really what makes someone undateable for me when they feel very like old school, gross. Luckily, I don't encounter many of them, but like f that shit. Um, which goes along with being, like, self-centered. Uh, and then dateable is, oh, it's so dumb because it feels like the other side of shallow. But I just love when someone, like, kind of, like, gets it, um, sense of humor and culturally the same way I do. That's super dateable to me. Like, when we can talk about things that we love or, like, joke about, joke in the same way. I love dark humor. So I'm into that. But, yeah. Um, Okay. Undateable for me is somebody emotionally unavailable, an addict, a sociopath, a narcissist, um, somebody who's sarcastic and unkind and, uh, or lives in another city, uh, not lives in another city, that's fine, but maybe I'll move here, but okay. So, 
all, all those things. I don't like anybody mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dateable is, is, uh, we laugh all the time. He's funny. We've got great sexual chemistry. We communicate well together. He's fulfilled by his work. He treats me with respect. Uh, yeah, and just feels easy and, and, oh, and also, he's just out of a relationship. If somebody's just out of a relationship, uh, that just goes towards, you know, it's emotionally unavailable. And I had a bad habit of dating guys just out of relationships. So. Oh, my goodness. That's been that. my biggest downfall. Because they're out there, <laughs> man. They're out there trolling. Yeah. Want- yeah, totally. I mean, this has been... I could talk forever. I feel literally <laughs> feel like I want to just keep drinking beers and talking all night. <laughs> Lexi, we, we have to take you out when we're in LA next. We have What's to hang out. Uh, obviously, everyone who's listening heard us say earlier that your podcast is Level Lexi. You can find it on iTunes. Do you want to shout out like your social media or any of that? Okay, yes. I am obsessed with my weekly podcast called Level Lexi, available on iTunes. And definitely follow me on Instagram at Alexiwasser. Because I love DMing and befriending strangers on Instagram. And I'm also at Alexi Foster on Twitter, but I'm more obsessed with Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Cool. And we are at. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're, let's not do it in unison. <laughs> at 51 First Dates Pod on, on Instagram. You can email us at, at 51 First Dates Pod at gmail.com. Send us your worst first dates. Yeah, Join can- our secret Facebook group. Blah, blah, blah. All the things. Yeah. We'll, we'll start reading more worst first dates. But when we have an excellent guest like Alexi, it's kind of hard to get there. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. We're so appreciative thank of your time. Thank you so much, Alexi. Thank Alexi. you. Thanks, everyone listening. And thank you, listeners. Yeah. Thank you for rating, subscribing, and reviewing. You guys are our, like, bread and butter. You're making everything awesome. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, go on a date. Go on a date. Hey guys, uh, we had a little audio fuckery right at the end um, with our connection with Alexi, so we would just wanted to super make sure that her social media got shouted out. So she is at Alexi Wasser, and that is A-L-E-X-I-W-A-S-S-E-R. Special shout out and thanks to Jim from 5 Ohm for recording our episodes and making us sound pretty. Yes, thank you. And also a big shout out to Anthony also from 5 Ohm for making us sound really good in post and you should check five ohm out online at five ohm.com and that's spelled f-i-v-e-o-h-m ohm